Hey, hey. Welcome to the second episode of Beauty in the Breakdown. I am your host, Billy Riot, coming at you from Columbia, South Carolina. Deep in the Bible Belt. You know, in the last episode, it got kind of emotional for me. I, I was expressing myself in a way that um, I was pretty divided at first when I started hearing the things that were coming out of Asbury College for the revival that's been going on. Uh, there has been uh, lots of posts from people that have been there and people that have not been there, people that wanted to go, people that are on their way. I think that the people that are on their way there now um, are going to be really disappointed uh, when they get there, not because of how the revival is going on, but I think that there are some signs on the interstate that, you know, outside of the town itself, itself that basically says that, you know, town's full, turn around. Um, that's how big it's gotten, man. I mean, this is this thing is just consistently growing, and um, I have no words except for just positive things to say, and I just, I pray over it, man, that it would just grow and that people can have an experience that, it would just wipe people out in a good way. Um, I also want to play another clip that I had heard on TikTok. Um, it's this lady talking about revival and um, what she experienced and what she thinks is going to be happening. Check this out. Did you know that the last revival was in 1904? It was called the Great Awakening and it started in Melbourne, Australia. And then in 1906, it was in the Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. So we haven't experienced revival before. No, not even my 87-year-old neighbor. I went and asked her and she said, no, I have never seen this before. Because it was in 1904, my friends, and we are here experiencing revival. This is the most amazing thing. Um, I feel the presence of the Lord so strong. And we are so privileged. It's a great awakening. Have you seen the people seeking holiness like never before? I have been a Christian for more than 20 years. And I have never seen people seeking holiness, repenting, renouncing, turning the life to God and saying no to sin like never before. It's because it's an awakening. It's revival happening. This is so exciting, guys. And God is calling you to consecrate for 40 days and 49. We're going to start Thursday. I'm sorry. We're going to start Thursday, the 23rd. We have Bible study at 7 p.m. Central Time. Come and join us. We're going to give you a quick teaching about fasting so you can prepare for this consecration. Because what is coming next is the glory of God. And the glory of God means that you are going to be a glory carrier. Glory carrier means that you're going to be able to perform miracles, signs, and wonders. You're going to heal for the sick and they will be healed. You will be, you. the lame will walk, the blind will see. Oh my God, I feel the presence of God so strong right now. My friends, God is awakening His church. This is a great awakening happening in 2023. And we are so privileged because the Lord said, prepare the way. Prepare the way for the Lord. The Lord Jesus is coming. Oh, my God. Noah was in the ark for 40 days and 40 nights, and no one believed him. And he told the people, come, get in the ark. 
today I'm telling you, get the 40 days consecration with the Lord set apart. You have been set apart for such a time of this. God is going to use you mightily. God needs you. He wants to partner with you. Surrender. The more you surrender your life to Him, the more He can use you. Because when we get in the way, we get in the way of the flow of the Holy Spirit. Your mind needs to be renewed. Your belief system needs to be renewed and you need to renounce to the old ways of doing things. You pastors, you leaders, you everyone needs to start fresh. There is an awakening happening and you don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss it at all. Not one single second. I am of sound and sober mind witnessing things in my life that are beautiful and crazy at the same time i can i cannot believe and i'm so glad that i'm awake um oh man i, I just want to mention something and this could seem like a conspiracy theory and maybe it's not uh, who cares but um have you noticed the soda water aisle in the grocery store is just huge have you noticed this um it's kind of like driving through a college town and you, you look at all the college girls and dudes walking down the street. <clears throat> they're all dressed the same, you know? You got girls in crop tops and jeans that are too baggy and they look like they're wearing a denim trash bag. And, you know, dudes are all wearing the same kind of collared shirts and penny loafers and their name's Brad, Chad, and Thad or, you know, whatever. But I'm, you know, I'm a metalhead and a punker, so I'm just going to make fun of myself to balance things out here. Um... You know, I'm part of a trend, you know, like I'm sure those same college kids could drive past the venue where I am and just see a bunch of middle-aged men standing outside that look like crap covered in tattoos with dreadlocks and they're wearing all black, you know. That's just the way we roll. That's the way they roll. But now it seems like a lot of people are rolling to the soda water aisle, which screams to me sobriety. It's a trend. Why? Why is this happening? One person sobers up, they tell someone else. The next person sobers up, they tell someone else. Something's going on. Um, honestly, I think I agree with this woman 100%. There's an awakening going on. People are realizing and flocking towards truth and forgiveness and repentance and I mean, if you just look up what's happening at that place, it is insane. Churches are filling up. People's lives are changing. Um, there is a gratefulness and a thankfulness that's among a lot of people, and people are listening to what people are saying. Um, since I've started posting things um, about God, uh, people are asking me questions. I haven't really come up against any kind of persecution or anything like that, and I, you know, I, I'll accept it if I if I come face to face with it. I would much rather go through life um, being, I guess, persecuted or um, having troubles in this life with God on my side than without. Because when I didn't have God and I was going through trouble, I wanted to die. I wanted to kill myself. I don't have the balls to kill myself, and I was just stuck in a prison that I made for myself without God, and uh, boy, I'll tell you what, now that I have him, my life is so wonderful.
my uh, pastor that I look up to so much that says some of the wisest things, uh, he actually said that I'd rather be done wrong than do wrong. And that just speaks so much, so much to my heart in order that I pursue Christ, that I chase after God and love him with all of my heart because that's the kind of person that I want to be. I'm bringing this back to the life verse that I have. Uh, It's Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. That is my life verse that I am currently building everything on brick by brick. And you know why? Because that verse teaches me to calm down, have some dip, back up, reflect, don't get angry, pray instead of throwing a fit, trust in God, and obey and leave the consequences to Him. It helps me to see Him as He is in every moment. I recently read a book by a man named Levi Lusco. Levi is an amazing pastor in the state of Montana. His testimony is amazing. Me and him have a little bit in common, and I'm hoping to have him on this show one day. Um, This man um, seems as though out of the blue um, lost his daughter. Uh, Her name was Lenya. My My daughter's name was Lena. Uh, They were about the same age when they passed, and it was around the same time. Mine was 2010. I believe his was 2012. Um, But uh, I read his book called Through the Eyes of a Lion. And in that book, it teaches you how to face things and have faith and not to lose your faith and to realize that you can grow in the middle of just the worst of the worst. He was actually in the hospital with her body laying there and they were praising God in that room. I don't, I didn't do that. I, by the time my Lena had passed, we all were in the hospital room with her and I had, kind of strayed from the faith, but I never really denied God. I just didn't want the life that I was living because we had gone through so much and we were divorced and life was just hell. It was hell. We couldn't, we couldn't stake it out. Being in that hospital room when Lena died and the presence of the Lord in that room. We, we were in there for hours with her, just sitting there, being with her. That was our last moments with her. The presence of the Lord in that room that day was so thick, and his glory was in that room, and the, the day was the first cooler, crisp day 
And I'll never forget my brother telling me that he just knew something was in that room and the day how crisp and cool it was and how beautiful everything seemed. And it was just, he was with us, dude. It's so powerful. I've, I've really longed for that. But then again, I, I think back on it now and how many moments that I've had in my life where I just needed him. And I could, it's, it's so easy for me to say that, oh, he left. He left a long time ago. You know, it's bye-bye, God. You know, but man, he's always been there. And I spent so many days um, drinking and staying busy is what I would always tell people. Um, that I would always tell people that it was good to grieve and but stay busy and just keep your mind off of things and you'll be okay. That's not good advice. That's the worst advice I ever could have given myself and shared with others. And uh, in in Levi's book, he talks about running towards the roar. Most people hear the roar and you hear the roar of a lion. You're going to, you're going to run away, you know, and you're going to, you're going to freak out and you're going to go the opposite direction. That's a lion. You know what I mean? But yes, naturally, probably if there is a lion, I don't know the safety things to do step by step to make sure the lion doesn't, you know, pounce you on you, pounce on you and attack you. But, um, you know, it doesn't sound like a good day, but you know, I read this morning in a devotional, um, first Samuel seventeen thirty four says, and there came a lion it says, normally we think of a lion, not as a special blessing from the Lord, but only as a reason for alarm. Yet the lion was God's opportunity in disguise. Every difficulty and every temptation that comes our way, if we receive it correctly, it's God's opportunity. You know, this is the part of the story in 1 Samuel uh, before David went out and killed Goliath. This is the part where David explained to Saul uh, that he had been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came up and tried to carry off the sheep from the flock, you know, he went after it and struck it and killed it. And then, you know, the king was like, well, you know, go ahead on, go on out there. You run towards that lion. And the only thing that really sticks out to me is in Levi's book, you know, for the story and then my devotion this morning and hearing this, you know, you, you run toward the roar whenever something is happening in your life and it scares the snot out of you and it's extremely difficult. Don't be anxious. Focus on it. Sit back and pray and develop your faith and talk to God and run towards the roar. Anytime there's a storm, you run towards it. Run towards it. Because the only way you're going to get through it is to go through it. And um, it just takes a lot of faith in a lot of different circumstances. And I just want to encourage everybody, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, that, hey, somebody's honking a horn out there. But, but anyway... Uh, God never uses anyone to a great degree until he breaks the person completely. Sounds cruel, doesn't it? Even though some of us may have lost a loved one or 
Our lives have been completely shattered and lost everything somehow, some way. My first round with God, I, I didn't come to the end of my ropes. Um, since, since I backed away and lived life without him, it seems as though the worst happened to me. And it's a lesson. And that's why I love the story of the prodigal son. And I love the story of the woman at the well, which I want to I wanna put together something with the, the story of the woman at the well and drinking. Um, it's just beautiful, and it speaks volumes to me. But from what I've learned about all of this that I've gone through with the loss of my daughter and the addictions and how people are just sobering up everywhere is that hard times don't change you. They make you into what you already are. And he knew you before the foundations of the earth and every single hair on your head is numbered. And there are terrible things that happen to us. And people shake their fist at God and they, they get so mad and they, they do say the classic line, why does God allow things to happen to us like this? Well, you know, if you look way, way back, here's a technical answer. Um, and we could debate this stuff all day, but I'm just going to lay it here and we don't need to fight. But one of the reasons probably is because he tried to hand it over, you know, and be like, you can live in peace with me. We can actually be together, but just don't do this one thing. Just don't do it. And we did it. And it, you know, it separated us. And so he spent years, thousands of years, being very patient, waiting, and being faithful. And we just don't deliver. We screw up every single time. So next time you ask yourself, where is God and how could he let this happen? How come you don't see him? Well, he's sent a lot of people our way and all we've done is reject them, make fun of them, mock them, spit on them, expose them, falsely accuse them, and crucify them. Life can get really ugly. And it could be a big suck. It could be filled with disappointments. But Philippians 4, 6 and 7 just rings in my brain. It rings so loud. It's worse than that damn alarm clock in the movie Groundhog Day with that Sonny and Cher song. God's grace is so amazing. It is so profound and free because he paid for it. And the cross is something that is, it divided time, dude. And it is so strong when truly looked upon and humbled by.
and life is ugly and life is beautiful. Grace makes beauty out of ugly things. Grace truly received will be grace truly extended. The only thing that matters is faith working itself out through love. Do small things with big love. Take that one and run with it. There's another free one. So take it, write it down, fold it up, put it in your pocket. Remember that one. Do small things with big love. Maybe you're struggling with a teenager. I had a friend that told me a story that he's got a stepdaughter and they're driving each other crazy. I got two stepdaughters and three of my own daughters. I love everybody, man. They're cool. But man, we have our days. And you know what? If we all rode in a car together, we could each take turns driving each other crazy and we could each take turns laughing and enjoying the day. It just depends on how it goes. You never know how the dung is going to hit the fan over this way in the estrogen tribe. Let me tell you. But uh, what I am is what emerges from how I process life. Um, yeah, uh, sometimes we land in constant storms because of our surroundings. That's another great one that my pastor said the other night. And I had this friend that has a stepdaughter that's been driving him crazy. And he doesn't know what to do. And they got in a big fight and he, he drove up this way. And I got to see him and I, I haven't seen him in a few years. And we had a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of changes have been made on my end and in his end. And he seems very, very good. But he's facing a challenge. So we all started talking about it, you know. And I just said, man, you know, start small, go big. It's kind of like fixing a car. You know, just uh, find out what she likes and go get it for her. Write her a handwritten letter instead of a text or an email or a poster or Facebook. Or she's a teenager. She probably doesn't have Facebook because old people have Facebook now. But I told him to do small things with big love. Find out what kind of coffee she likes and just go get it for her every now and then. Do the things that would just... She may look at you like, he bought me a latte. Eh. I doubt any teenager sounds like Arlen Specter. But he made coffee. But that face that she makes might turn into a smile. You never know, man. Upon talking with this dude, we started talking about his brother. And now his brother is just a bad off alcoholic. And it broke my heart. Um, hearing about the people that still have this problem breaks my heart. It makes me want to just, you know, not only just want to slap the crap out of the person and be like, wake up! But, you know, you got to do it with some love, you know? And at the same time, keeping in mind that people are numbing themselves with alcohol and other substances because they're in pain. Going back to running towards the roar. (sighs) 
Run towards the roar if you have an addiction. If you even have the slightest bit of faith the size of a mustard seed, run to God and ask him to help you. Everyone's case is different. But if you're drinking a lot and you're tired of it and you're in pain and you can't stop, I want to read you a couple of things and then I'm going to close out. I want to read you Proverbs chapter 23, 29 through 35. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who's always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It is the one who spends long hours in taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is. How it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down, for in the end it bites like a poisonous snake and it stings like a viper. You will see hallucinations and you will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast. And you will say, they hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can go look for another drink? I also want to read you a solution to that because that fits the life of a drunkard so much. Starting at verse 15 in Ephesians 5, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. And give thanks for everything to God the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Going back to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I just want to top things off with that verse in Chronicles, man, that I read on the other episode and how the Lord clearly spoke to me in these verses. And I see what I'm supposed to do. And when you try to follow God and your life is being cleaned up, you know what you have to get rid of to live and to breathe and to find rest. Because he said, come to him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And if you're tired, he'll give you rest. I was so tired. But now... 
I had my rest. I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm getting rest. Believe me, I'm, I'm getting the rest because of the peace that surpasses all understanding is filling my heart and bringing me real joy. But now, as it says in First Chronicles 29. Verse 10, consider now for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. That temple is in your heart. The temple is inside you. The kingdom of God is within you. We all have this ability to connect to things that are real and things that are eternal. And there's a loving God that we have access to and he will teach you how to live and love and be filled with joy. Until next time, peace be with you.